This podcast is not meant to be informative or educational and has the potential to be completely irrelevant. This is Property Jam. Hello. Hello and welcome to this episode of Property Jam, the podcast where we talk about everything on the human side of property. It's a bit of a weird one this week. Oh, very weird. Very strange. Very strange. I feel like I'm losing a limb. I've lost a limb. My same. Or our third leg. That's definitely not right. We probably shouldn't say that. No. No, Niall can't be here because he's still got nasty, nasty throat infection. It's not COVID, but he's got the lurgy big time and he can't talk. So it's been it's been absolutely wonderful. (laughs) Yeah. The last few weeks. (laughs) absolutely wonderful he's been off i know although i have i have i have um, been left to do um everything else (laughs) yeah run run uh, three businesses i've been stepping in to help the support the letting side as well which Um, i don't normally do at all so i'm like uh so who does this what's happening here um Okay. And people saying, this person done this. I'm just like, I don't know. Is that person supposed to do this? So um, just a bit, yeah, I've been working out as I go along. I forgot about that element of him. Like, yeah, him sort of being um, the lead on that. that bit. It was a it was a question of um, uh, who, who asked me. Somebody said, um, we've only got four out of six rooms of paid in this, in this property. And I was like, okay, so who chases the payment? And he said, Niall. I was like, okay, so that would be me then. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who can I get to chase these payments? God. So oh, message messages our, our, te- our team to say, can you can you please chase the payments? Money came in straight away. It was good. So there's that. And then obviously you've just got a, an offer accepted. So there's the property stuff that's going on with, with that now. And then Yeah, although, the... although all this stuff is uh, dealing with the bank and um, putting numbers together. So I'd probably be doing that anyway. That's you, isn't it? And also yeah. we work with a, with a JV partner on this and one of their strengths is working with lenders and solicitors. So they will be doing a lot of the deal progression and now I'll probably be working more on the design side um, and pulling that together with uh, the project manager and the builder. Oh, that's not for a while. So he's off the hook until that point. So that's okay. That's say probably at least a week. <laughs> it's got a week to get better. It's got a week to get better um, because we'll need to start getting the plans done because this uh, we are not getting any planning permission for it to start yeah. with. So we can get like, 80% of the work's done on the project so uh it's like straight on do the scheme do works the, the, the builder is part of the the JV so he, uh, he'll be uh pulling the pulling all that together so literally he just needs to build the the building works plans uh, me to chat to our, our designer chat to our project manager get it all together and then cost it up and realize that he's probably massively under egged it and then uh <laughs> yeah well listening to your numbers I'm like hello <laughs> What's this builder doing? Is he just working for beans? Like it's insane. Uh, well, I'm not going to go in, not going to get into specifics, but uh, I'd say a very great idea is the joint venture with the builder, um, who's a good, reliable builder. Because um, when they can, well, we're, we're putting the money in, working with some investors. Um, so uh, yeah, it's a great investment opportunity going around at the moment. It's got big properties, but um, we're working with some investors to um, push that <laughs> push that forward. Uh, we'll we'll provide the money and the builder building at cost, so it's actually a lot a lot low risk for our investors as well because uh, the builder wants out as, as quickly as we want the, the investors out. 
yeah <laughs> I think that's the that is the best thing about working with a builder is obviously the the pricing up um but the fact that they have such an incentive to get the job done because they mm-hmm. want to profit what you do like it's it's that's the best bit but you know it's really weird actually on this tangent is um I got you know you get people sort of slide into your private messages all the time on social media I had a student ask me the other day <laughs> not in a dodgy way well that as well but we just we ignore those messages but like the 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 kind of like should I do this or how do I raise angel finance or you know that kind of question this was all around should I JV with a builder and it's a, a student who's very known to me she's um oh she's she's lovely lady but she has had this i this idea put to her by a guy who's renovating um a project of hers at the moment and she's like oh this is the next step for us should i should i not and i was like it's a weird one because i don't know he's done one project for her so she hasn't really tested the quality of his work yet because it's not finished but the question was should i jv with a builder and i was like everything we just talked about the good stuff the pros i was like yeah like this is why it's so good and we know loads of people that do it obviously now you're doing it too but the downside of it is that you kind of all you've got is previous works maybe and 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 sometimes is that enough to then enter into a business relationship with that person and it's just yeah I just I don't know I I always get nervous about this sort of stuff you know I do um I'm like how old do you know the guy you know yeah so it's just what are the intentions what does the business look like how long is it for what's the what's the strategy is this a five-year thing is this a two-year thing is this a one project thing like what does this look like um and it's just asking those questions so really that's what I sent her away with it was just a whole bunch of questions to go and ask him and figure out between the two of them before they kind of made the the business leap so yeah it's funny that came up I'd forgotten yeah, 100%. Uh, thankfully, this builder came through someone that we built a good rapport with and that, that this person was already working with them. So it already the builder had already proven themselves. And I think they've known each other for years. So I, I feel like we've landed on our feet. Um, so very excited to push push things forward with that. But um, we're not necessarily here to talk about us today. Um, we should get on to our topic. We did come up with the topic, didn't we? We did. Have you forgotten what it is? You look like you've got the fear of God in your eyes. <laughs> yeah, I have totally forgotten what the topic is. Well, actually, it's, it's it's kind of on the back of Niall not being here. Who, by the way, Niall, we're just sending you so much love right now and hope you get better because you've been <coughs> that. And I'm just <coughs> 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 <There you go. coughs> but, but yeah, like we, you know, the, the, normally we come as a as a three, but obviously we're recording as a two today. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of flagged up the issue of when kind of a key member of your team isn't able to, you know get a project over the line um or they're busy or they're ill or whatever they're incapacitated do you have backup in different areas of your business in the event that that happens that's the kind of question that I wanted to pose to you today Matthew okay Joanna (laughs) Uh, I would say we have backups in quite a few different places and where might we need them um professional teams so we talked about that earlier, say um, architects, planners, designers, uh, project managers, uh, who, who steps in? Because you put all your faith in sometimes just one person and that one person is just a person at the end of the day. Uh, so having a kind of a first call, second call, third call. Um, and what happens to someone in the, if something happens in the middle of a project? So if our project manager gets run over by a bus and is incapacitated for like three months, 
who then takes over. Yeah, you know, those it's a random <laughs> scenario, but sure. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just picking things. I'm just yeah, picking random, as you say. So uh, yeah, I think who takes over in that instance, and um, yeah, we definitely got some. But I wouldn't. I don't feel like 100% confident that that if certain people were were unavailable to work, that I'd be happy, or that we'd be able to find someone without being complete. Yeah, obviously we can find recommendations and find yeah, look for new people the same way we always would. But it's when you've got these people that you you you, you like, know and trust are trying to test it, um, especially in your own strategy of what you're doing and they know you and what you're trying to achieve. Um yeah. So so one thing that we actually we are doing at the moment is building resilience and looking for new team members that can really help on especially on next level HMOs um kind of grow them. So you're having like one or two designers, we've got a couple of designers around, we've got a couple of planning consultants, we've got a few architects. Um, kind of growing that database of people that 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 we use, um, also that our clients at the HMO platform use. So uh, it's it's it, it's good. So we do have a bit of resilience there. Um, if I go away, all hell breaks loose. That's what I think in my head. That's it, isn't it? Like I, I actually think I suck at this pretty badly. I, you know what? I'm such a people person, and I. I've got people that I really, really know, like, and trust in all the different areas of my business. I think the only space where I've got, I feel like I've got multiple options is on the mortgage broker side. I feel like I can, you know, that I've got backup. If if one's too busy or they're running, they're overwhelmed with business, I've always got options. The same with solicitors. I feel like I'm not overly in that. I'm not I go for solicitors based on their expertise and efficiency. I don't necessarily have what I would call a personal relationship with my solicitors. Um, I, I don't know. That's just how I, I feel like that's an area of the business that feels I've always got backup. You can you could probably change around where it feels vulnerable to me is on the lettings and building side. Mm -hmm. So your letting agents pretty steady anyway, unless you're having real problems with them. But for me, they are absolutely at the front of the business therefore you know um but I have no backup <laughs> if something were to go wrong there that's that is you know certainly on the HMO side um on the building side I think that's where I'm the most vulnerable I'd say because I've got two teams um who operate in different areas but I it terrifies me the idea of using another building team because it, because the that is where a project can go so wrong you know I really do get nervous about the idea of like my builder being incapacitated or being so backed up with work that they can't do my stuff and then what <laughs> like, well how, how reliant on um your builder is your builder's team <clears throat> yeah completely so it's also the resilience of the Not team. Of so, it, but like he's got, he's got two subbies, uh, one apprentice and two subbies that are pretty dependent on him. The rest are kind of like as and he mixes it up. Um, that's the the Grimsby Cleethorpes one. The mm. other one, it's 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 the completely opposite situation. Um, they're entirely dependent on him because it's a family business. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it yeah Nick's team are completely it's father and brother. Um so yeah all, all work depends on him continuing to have a pipeline of work so but yeah I don't know like I just find that quite 
yeah what would I do like so should you have because the one do you know what the other side of that is actually when you're forced to use a different team mm-hmm. and you get a lovely surprise it's a really positive well, experience. Well, that's the thing. Sometimes you say, you're better the devil you know and work right. with the people that you know, even though they're foibles you're not completely happy with. Yeah. Um, but then if you don't try someone else, you don't open yourself up to something better because um, we fear some, the, the other, thing, other thing being worse than what we've got right now. Um, I think that's a lot of the case with builders. Sometimes you use the same builder because you know they're going to be annoying in certain ways, but you just don't want to be completely screwed over by um and buy a cowboy and cost you, you know, loads of money. So I definitely had that experience in the past where we've did, where we've gone with the same builder for a project. Um, and then probably one project too many. Right. And just refer back to the leaky house, which I probably talked about before, um, where we we did three projects with one builder. Was it four? Three or four. And um, the builder had a plumber that was an absolute arsehole and wasn't very good. And... Um, we said that we said to her to the guy gary we said if you you can get the next project because we like you you like we like your sparky all of this you're you're, you're good your plumber is horrendous bring a different plum, pl- plumber on the job and then we'll give it to you he said yeah no problem put another problem plumber on it turn up to site first first few days same plumber no. same plumber that was the last job he ever did with us yeah um so uh yeah he he got back in his van went back up to bolton get off bolton mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah the... so soon after that did you obviously you were forced to get another team in place and how was that experience like um well interestingly <laughs> okay so it was a take, take that entire oh my god there's a whole, whole like builder story here like from going from builder to builder to builder um but like say so, um we had gary he was great for say for three or four projects until the plumber and that that house led to leaks and uh yeah we had a saw pipe that which fell off oh. um and caused a massive stench under the seat the floorboards oh. um the insurance paid for it but obviously the tenant wasn't particularly happy but um yeah but then we fixed all the plumbing and just i've had a plumber go in since and just go this is plumbing is a spaghetti junction of crap so that particular house we're we're aware that also the the pressure in the boiler drops gradually over time so we know there's a leak somewhere we're just never going to find it so so that has basically we didn't work with him again Um, and for some reason this plumber just got worse and worse and worse because the other houses don't have the same problem i think there might be something going on at home which maybe distract distracted him but then we got a new project, a big project. We decided, you know, Gary did tender for it, but um, he didn't get the job because of this, because we ended up with the same plumber. So then we went out and found some, we've got a recommendation for a tanking specialist because uh, it was the first basement conversion. So the tanking specialist came recommended and the tanking specialist came with a builder. It was like, oh, great. This comes, comes recommended with the recommended builder. That builder turned out to not be available that time. So the tanking specialist brought another builder in by this time we time is of the essence and um guys saying all the right things just thought okay fine let's just go with it biggest mistake probably of our investing career to date because he turned out to be the worst cowboy builder ever um it cost us a lot of extra money on our very first commercial conversion um to to the extent that um uh yes we'd started (coughs) 
we were self-managing it. There was no project manager. So myself and my dad were trying to manage this guy who was just walking all over us, um, requesting you know, money like weekly, fortnightly. And we got to a point where we, we could we could reason it to a certain point. And we're like, okay, this is starting to get out of control. This, there's no end in sight. Um, they won't give us a contract because they're still ripping it out and pulling it apart. Then they're going to give us a contract. So at some point we said, okay, no, we're going to manage this guy out, but we but we've given him too much money. We need him to finish this first phase. So um, we got in a project manager who had been recommended to us. He helped us manage out this builder and then go for a phase two contract. Basically went back and said, yeah, this work, this, the agreement was only for the first phase, which was get the building watertight, you know, take it apart, put it back together. And then, then the, the job's over. Um, so that's what we did. And he lost that tender, surprisingly. Ooh. And then um, he threw his toys out of the pram massively um all sorts of cussing and swearing and blah, blah 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 threats here threats there massive child and then um uh we locked we, the new builder went in locked this the site up um and made it secure and uh, we gave him a deadline and said okay move your tools out and then we're coming on this day they never came back for the tools so yeah, there's hoarding and all sorts that was going on and um yeah, so then it was done quite professionally from then. So this builder was, um, I suppose, the backup, who someone I was aware of that we all that tended for a couple of our previous jobs was more expensive than the, the other one. He came in, really helped us out, and he got the job on our on our big commercial conversion, uh, and he was great for about half that job. And then he dropped the ball massively as well. What the hell? Yeah. So how? Um, Why? Like, what was it? Like, um, so he underpriced it. Right. So then started to drag it out because he didn't want to spend money on it. Right. So he, so that so that was the first thing, um, but it kind of came to a head. He, he was it was starting to slow down a little bit, not not dramatically, um, but then the building control company we were using went bust. I think I've talked about that before. Yeah, I remember this. Yeah, so building control company went bust, so we had to resubmit. So there were loads of changes. So at this point, the contract got very woolly. Right. very very woolly. So it started being variation after variation, and the project manager was basically trying to work out what was reasonable what was not and arbitrate he did a you know, good job of that um but then that dra dra dragged out the process and the build was getting less and less interested in it um realized that the you know that original contract was uh, not very good and then um well, for him anyway and then kind of pushed us all the way into because of all those delays we got them pushed into covid oh, and then co and you know we, we <laughs> like what else could the world throw at us? A global pandemic! <laughs> yeah, when I thought we were at the home straight, we were another nine months away. Fuck. So yeah, that entire project took probably about two years, but it should have taken about nine months. God, it's insane, isn't it? So actually, no, probably I think it probably should take about a year, but it took about two years in total, uh, which, was, which was an absolute pain in the backside. So um, we had to extend our finance, our angels, um, um, everyone was understandable because you know we, we had two things massively out of our control a building control okay. company going bust like can't control that it's, it's a very very rare thing to happen yeah. and a kind of pandemic very very rare thing to happen but the thing is um yeah this 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 was our backup builder he was our backup of a backup <laughs> <laughs> and then um then i stopped developing the northwest just like when i builders <laughs> i've used every builder with all crap <laughs> all three of them <laughs> all three of them <laughs> yeah it's funny um, oh god 
yeah so uh yeah but no the thing is they weren't all crap they all had their really good bits because they also maybe may listen to this i don't know but um um they, they all had their really good bits and they all helped me out and they all did some really good projects and then they just did and then just something happened and they went <laughs> they went to shit yeah it's funny right yeah all apart yeah. from the one in the middle no the cowboy he was never really that good um he had potential yeah i i i think I really do think that it's the it's that part of our business which has the most volatility. Um, it, it's got the risk of of needing a backup uh, to be in place. Um, yeah, although the risk is great if you don't have a backup, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, this is why I'm so I'm so pleased to be working with a builder who has a large team because mm. um, he can he's he's got like six site managers, so he can be running six, seven, eight, nine projects at the same time, as long as the projects are close to each other. So. Um, that is very appealing and it does it does um, reinforce the message that actually when you do joint venture with somebody um, you know in the building trade there the risk is so much it's it's so much lessened because they have the same uh, incentive and and um, motivation as you they're kind of mm. stepping into that that development role and it's yeah I, I like that idea of it I still think there is, you know, there's certain conversations and, and you know, there's a lot of getting to know and being sure and, you know, all the usual business conversations you would have with somebody before you jump in. And I think it's it's one of those relationships that you can jump into so quickly because it's an obvious one that occurs. Yeah. Right. So, you know, that should I should I not comes up a lot, especially when I'm teaching. Um, and yeah, the answer is you can, but it takes a while. Um in fact, you know what? We were supposed to have a guest on um, today. We we're going to get them back at a later date because they they um, they got, got um, delayed delayed with family stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, but it's interesting. He's now joined. His name is um, Leslie uh, Asante and, and and Tony. Some of you might know him. He does um, uh, development. Stuff. Leslie and Tony. Uh, Leslie Asante and Tony is his name. There's three um, people there. Leslie it's, Asante does sound like it. <laughs> Him and, and this random, random Tony bloke keeps saying out. <laughs> he, um, him and his wife, they're in development. And um, yeah, they do like um, uh, developments in, in Croydon specifically. And he has just gone into business partnership, or not just, but he's in business partnership now with his, uh, with his builder. And it took a while to kind of get to that point. But he said what was really interesting was it was, he said, you don't know whether you're in business with the right person until something goes wrong in the project you're doing. And then you realize you're either in, in business with the right person or the wrong person, because that's when your relationship's tested. And he said, and that is exactly how it's been with them. Um, and they've handled it. They had a few bumps in the road, but it's been a really ultimately good business relationship, but it was tested, um, which I thought was, was quite a, a good observation is that you can't know everything before you get into business with somebody. Um, I I think if you're going to go into business with a builder, um, with anybody really, a really good start is just to do a flip. So there's an obvious way out. So all of the stuff that we're doing at the moment um, is designed to be flipped. And if things go well, um, some of the HMOs can be kept. In fact, because like what we do with HMOs is um, uh, building up a portfolio. So let's say we just we just can do ten of them in the next year, and uh, then the aim is to sell that business as ten. And um, if we decide we want to keep them longer, then we can keep them longer. But the aim is we go in in the course of twelve to eighteen months, we do ten projects, yeah. and then um, then we go right. Okay, we've got ten projects. It cash flows this amount. 
Um, some of it's working well, some of it's not. Let's let's make this capitalize the profit, or uh, and go again, um, or just part of company and whatever yeah. we want to. So it just gives options and say so I think going in with a joint venture with the idea that you can get out quickly within a couple of years. Um, are you, uh, are you, are you, are you totally filming yourself? No, I'm taking a photograph of both of us. Okay. I just noticed <laughs> that I was doing this for, you know, socials and stuff because you were talking so much sense. I was listening. I am listening. Um, but I noticed that my fringe was a bit out of whack. So I decided that I was going to straighten it. Yeah. Okay. Left a bit. Oh, Quite God, a that's a terrible photograph. <laughs> <laughs> Your eyes were closed. <laughs> right. Let's do it. Okay. Talk, talk okay. sense. Talk sense. Talk sense. Okay. Um, so, yeah, going to business with Builder, make sure that you've got <laughs> the um, exit strategy of a flip. Yeah, I think, as do you know, that is something that occurred to me the other day. It sounds really stupid, but I was, again, it was this um, student I was talking to. This is what one of the recommendations I had was. It's like to test a business relationship, have a really clear, um, like a finite project to begin with. Does it work with with a, with a, with one, something that hasn't got a buy and hold strategy? Like, yeah, test it. And then it's a bit like angeling before you JV. You've got that previous, that kind of case study that says, oh, financially, we kind of we can see how each other work and you know we haven't killed each other so this could possibly turn into a business relationship and then the next stage of that would be to do a finite project see if it worked and then the next stage of that would be like a longer term project where it's a buy and hold and you enjoy income side of things so yeah I was like that's really logical why didn't that occur to me before because I've just never thought about it that way Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's very good Yeah. yeah That's good. I really like that. So yeah, so I think the conclusion is, do you have backup? It's like, well, in in property, I think there is, um, in terms of estate agents, in terms of sourcing agents, in terms of all of that stuff and finding deals, I don't really think that's an issue. In terms of um, mortgage broking, I think you can there's loads of options same with conveyancing and solicitors I think again there's loads of options I think it's when it gets to the nub of the project when you're doing the refurb works that there is probably it's probably sensible to have options is what we're mm-hmm. saying yeah yeah I think it's, it's by having a little black book little black book of uh, people that you trust yeah and um and also not necessarily giving it all to the same person all the time so yeah, they do you, get complacent and yeah they get complacent and then also if you're trying to build up a backup then your backup person needs to know what you do so if you've got six seven eight projects then give four to one four to the other yeah i agree 100 percent. yeah it's, it's really interesting when you put it in those terms and yeah the rest of it is sort of the bookend sort of pro- service provision um, and professional services um yeah you've always got backup do you actually know do you know what another one's occurred to me as a planning consultant mm-hmm. I think that's why we said that earlier we did but we didn't say that they've got I think with planning consultants we were talking about architects and planning consultants but I I think it's quite hard to get ones that are super specialist in you know what it is you do and where it is you're operating 
Yes. Yeah, so um, sometimes it's a combination of or one or the other. So mm. um, finding someone who's really good at understanding what you do mm. and then able to translate that to a specific council's policy yeah. um, or someone who works very heavily in that council who can sort things out really easily with the relationships that they've got, regardless of the, the strategy that you're employing or that ideally they've done it, they've done the strategy before. So, for example, you know, with, with our stuff, we'd always be you know, looking for a architect who'd um, successfully got HMOs through planning permission in that local council before and and um, probably more than one so you like three four five at least so you can sort of know what the council is looking for yeah I don't think I think you do need backup there but I think also that's probably harder to find backup because those those relationships are quite uh, nuanced and niche aren't they so yeah, yeah that's quite specialist um, definitely I suppose you could argue the same with a broker because brokers have different relationships with different lenders. So, yeah, no, they do. Um, I, I think uh, some brokers uh, buddy up to others more than others. And, and uh, um, I was going to say solicitors are probably something that you need multiple backups for. So basically, we're going back on everything we just said. Um, yeah. So on that note. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, the message is have a backup for every single professional service and trade and you'll be fine 100 <laughs> percent. okay great excellent always be on the lookout <laughs> keep your never be com- never never be complacent and keep your options open okay great well i'm glad we cleared yeah. that up um so yeah well i think i think we've concluded that discussion brilliant in that case it'd be a goodbye from me it's a goodbye from me and it's not a goodbye from niall and jam with us on social media where you can hear more and see more on facebook search property jam podcast or you can follow us on instagram at property jam podcast or you can email us at property jam podcast at outlook.com see See you on the next next episode. episode